Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. We are your hosts, David O. And Carly R. And today we're joined by our very special guest, Mandy. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Uh, where are you from, Mandy? I'm from Westminster, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, wait, Mandy, is that Westminster or Westminster? <laughs> oh, Westminster. Yeah. Westminster? Okay, yes. Now I'm going to mispronounce it. Yeah, yeah. we did have this debate yeah, a couple weeks ago. Um, when were you first introduced to recovery? Um, it was a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, various points, different fellowships, mm-hmm. but finally... Um, when I was 31. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been clean? Almost 12 years. Almost 12 years. Yeah. Fantastic. 11 years and, you know. 7, 7, 11. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic yeah. date. And uh, we probably won't see you, but congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. And with all that out of the way, I'm going to turn it over to you, share your story with us, so take it away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... So I think I was about, yeah, I was about 14 when I started using. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, you know, recreational, just like everybody else, kind of. Um, I think, for the most part, I was bored. Yeah. Um, I was 14, so I was just coming out of middle school, mm-hmm. go, about to go into high school. And, um, you know, my parents lived on a farm, so they didn't recreational sports or activities were not a thing. Mm-hmm. They went they went out, they worked, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was introduced to softball in mm-hmm. gym class. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to do this. I want to be a catcher. Mom, can you take me up there, sign up for this weekend? Let's go. Mm-hmm. So we go up there. They told her, you know, she whips out her checkbook and um, they told her how much it was. I don't even remember, you yeah. know, but... Um, she closed her checkbook and she was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like mm. devastated. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that kind of, um, you know, it kind of sparked like that. I was like, well, I guess I can't play sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't do anything cool. Yeah. You know. So. Um, That's a fucking bummer. It sucked, man. Yeah. So every year we visited family. Like my mom is from, her family's from the South, from like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like right in the mountains where Virginia, Tennessee, and North Carolina meet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. straight up hillbilly. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, so went with her in the summer. We used to go Are those away. Are the Smokies or the Blue Ridge? I mountains. Know. I don't know. I don't Eric, know. look that up. Difference between Smoky and Blue Ridge Mountains. Well, one's in, they're definitely different. Dude. I think it's Blue Ridge, but I could like, definitely be wrong. Yeah. Because right where Virginia, North Carolina, and Tennessee meet, that could be the Smokies. Google it real quick. All yeah, right, yeah, yeah, continue. yeah. So, so for where my family lived in North Carolina, you know, like from where I live right now, Westminster, to go to Hanover, Pennsylvania, was like, you know, it's like a half hour drive, mm-hmm. and that's how it was to get from where they lived in North Carolina to Mountain City, Tennessee. Like okay. it was just around the mountain, literally. Yeah. Um, there's not much to do. No. <laughs> you know. So that was where I drank my first bottle of Boone's Farm. Ooh. Nice, right? Yep, that was that sounds be a very appropriate. For the I time. um, yeah, you exactly. know, in the mountains, yeah, drinking right, Boone's right. Farm. And Boone's Farm was kind of like, I guess, 
what, like, the high noon of its, or, like, wherever that stuff is now? Like, wasn't that kind of, like, this, like that, right, back in the day? Like, they were, like, wine coolers, right? From yes. They tasted like wine cooler. I remember it. Oh, yeah. Strawberry, whatever. Mm-hmm. Strawberry, whatever too, it was called. Too, too sweet for me. I'm yeah. not a wine guy. So, um, you know, and they grew their, they grew their own pot. Nice. And they made their own crank. Oh, and, nice. Right. There we go. That, that, so that, that, that now, we're, now we're talking Appalachia. Right. But I wasn't, um, I didn't get in, at 14, I didn't get into the crank. No. Very much. But, um, you know, like that became an add-on to like every summer. Like you kind of, I kind of knew that I was going to go down there and hang out with my cousins, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just my mom that went and we were visiting her family. My dad never went. So I didn't have any rules, mm-hmm. you know. But then in the meantime, um, my dad, he's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. But he never, he never went to, he quit. He never went to the rooms mm-hmm. ever. And um, so, but he still... He smoked. He smoked like two packs of Newports a day back then. And he used to leave them on his kitchen table mm-hmm. because he's a freak out about fires, you know? Like he didn't want to, I guess, fall asleep with a cigarette. So I was like, you know, I was taking cigarettes from him like two a night. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, you know, so it was that kind of stuff. It wasn't a daily using thing is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, from like 14 to like 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, somehow made it through high school. Um, you know, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I was a definite stoner. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely the kid that walked around with the Nirvana t-shirts uh-huh. and the, you know, the flannels and I was the grunge mm-hmm. kid and, and the chucks and just hung out with all the stoners. But I was also the kind of person that I was um, definitely a chameleon. Mm-hmm. You know, I could easily, you know, put myself in any situation or any crowd or talk to any person or, um, you know, like I wasn't stereotypically mm-hmm. stuck to one click, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I did graduate. I actually could have graduated early, um, not because I'm s- smart, but <laughs> because <laughs> I just, I was able to get all the credits. Oh, yeah. Like I did the bare minimum mm-hmm. to get through. <clears throat> and um, actually, they had that like work release. Did you enjoy high school? No. Okay. I hated school. Period. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy high school? I think it was a huge waste of time. I See, loved high school. So not we, this school, just the years. Uh, the, the time. I, I regret not dropping out at sixteen and going to college. I, hmm. That is an actual regret of mine. Oh, good lord. I mean, looking back at it now, I kind of wish I could go back and. Fix a couple things, but not yeah. all of it. But Four, fourteen to eighteen was great. We had no responsibility. True. We had no responsibility. Yeah. I, I did not have a great fourteen to eighteen. No, you did not. You had your legs <laughs> broken and all sorts of crazy oh, man. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was a literal uh like You were a guinea pig. I'm a like I guess the what would it be like the stereotypical statistic of the Purdue opiate epidemic. Oh yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Yeah, so, um, you know, I found my crowd, mm-hmm. you know, my close-knit friends, was a garbage can user in high school, tried everything. Um, I do remember, 
I just told this story the other day. So I had this creative writing class. Mm-hmm. I think I was a junior. And um, this teacher, I mean, he was cool, mm-hmm. right? And in this creative writing class, he would always write down the lyrics. Like he would handwrite the lyrics to like Alice in Chains and like nice. Nirvana and like, you know, and we would break down the lyrics. Yeah. And he would play the song. I mean, but there were times like he would get up on his desk and he'd be like jumping around like an orangutan. I mean, it was like, whoa, like what is Nirvana he on? Nirvana for high school is kind of like intense for some, like in utero and like some of the songs, like breaking that down in high school is kind of intense. Yeah. <laughs> but. So I remembered dropping acid. Oh shit! <laughs> so I would peak in time in in oh, wow. creative writing. You you timed right. you timed your peak with creative exactly. writing class. <laughs> that crazy. Do guy you still have some of that creative writing? Because I'm sure it's amazing. Or no, terrible. I don't. I don't. I have okay. no idea where it is. But I mean, I remember those kinds of things. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Um, I didn't go to my senior prom because the guy wanted to go with me. He wouldn't go, you know. So what did I do? I went out with friends and got high and don't yeah. remember the rest of the night. You know that what I mean? That is exactly what I did. Yeah. Do you guys, um, I went to prom. It wasn't cool. So No, it you know, was I'd not. Per, I'd prefer, I was like, you know. I stayed for like a half hour and then I was prom. like, okay, I have a party set up. So I'm going to go do that. We have Dude, a game. I, I did that. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, the people I was hanging with. You know, even those later years, like 16, 17, I was running down with this guy who I had no business hanging out with, um, way too much, you know, older than me, going down to the city. Mm-hmm. He was copping his dope. I wanted Coke. Mm-hmm. That was a great pair. Yeah. Um, there you go. You know, and even then, kind of like my drug of choice, like my favorites really became like alcohol, mm-hmm. weed, and Coke, yep. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't go to college, didn't really have the chance. You mm-hmm. know, my parents, they don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's a waste of time. Go to work. Um, and I did for the yeah. most part. Um, but I still found every opportunity to get high. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, so I, I believe. Paycheck means more drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I started out because I was bored, you know, and then, you know, kept going because it was like. Oh, now I feel like I'm a part of this crowd. Like I've got these friends Mm -hmm. and I could hang with them. And, you know, like I feel like I'm a part of something. Um, There's no real direction. Um, Moved out of the house when I was 17. Moved in with the first guy who said I didn't have to leave. (laughs) You know, he was an alcoholic. And that was when I first started going to meetings. Um, I moved from the farmhouse to an apartment on Main Street in Westminster. Um, and I would walk to a uh, meeting because he thought I had a problem because I smoked weed. What? But like I would come home and he would, uh, you know, hand me a bush light and be like, how was the meeting? Okay. That's legal. That's okay. gross. That, that's a legal drug. So I was... Uh, I mean, that didn't... Jesus, Eric. <laughs> I dropped the mic, sorry. Okay. So that didn't help, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and that relationship was toxic. Yeah. Like I said, you know, yeah. I mean, that was also when I started bartending. Mm. Um, so as soon as I turned 21, I mean, I was always in the restaurant business since 14. Mm-hmm. That was usually my job. Yeah. When I was 21, 
I, well, and plus I'm serving, right? So before that, I'm like watching the bartenders and it looked so attractive. Mm -hmm. Not only because they were like basically the life of the party, controlling it, you know, but I was also watching their tip jars. Oh, yeah. And I was like, man, they're hustling. Like, I could really make some money. And um, so as soon as I turned 21, I, like, basically dove behind the bar. Yeah. You know? Um, my first bar job was Albans Town Inn, like, way out in Hampstead. Like, almost Hartford County line. Good Lord. I'm sure there's tons of bar flies in there. Way redneck. <laughs> um, and... uh the boyfriend at the time didn't like it. You know. Yeah. Whatever. And that relationship eventually dwindled out. You know, and then from there, I just went from, you know, bar gig to bar gig to bar gig. You know, I just became, you know, well, I always was a blackout user. So, you know, I've been in... um three accidents that were a direct result of my using, you know, um, being out at the bar, being out with my friends, having too many drinks, blacking out, getting behind the wheel, uh, running off the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't just scratch and dent. I mean, I total Oof. vehicles, you know, yeah. like I just, I total them. That's the name of the song. Yeah. I mean, I, um, well, I don't just scratch and dent. I total. Yeah. yeah pretty much um so uh and then i met this guy who was about the same age as me um we kind of hang out at the same bar Mm -hmm. um johansson's in westminster Mm -hmm. i was actually the bar down under though uh the speakeasy yeah. underneath the bar. The yeah. bar underneath yeah. the bar. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, just because we were hanging out, shooting pool, mutual friends, you know, there was always karaoke there too. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it was just the people in that town, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and who was hanging out. Um, we started dating. Um, we we got into a really bad car accident. Mm-hmm. Um it was on the Beltway. We were living in Glen Burnie at the time, and um, and actually, that car accident. I mean, we were both maybe a little stoned. Yeah. Like I remember, actually, we had like smoked everything we had before we left. Yeah. We were like, okay, we'll go home now. There's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. And I fell asleep in the passenger seat. We were in a uh, in a Jeep Cherokee. Mm-hmm. And 2001, and there's always construction on the Beltway, but right as you're heading towards Glen Burnie, like 695 and 95 split, Uh it was like right when they were first starting to widen it. Oh, yeah. And we were in the fast lane and like, but I was asleep Mm -hmm. in the passenger seat, no seatbelt. He always used to argue with me and I'd be like, just fucking leave me alone. And so he was... So there was this girl who caused the accident. She was like 19, mm-hmm. like really unfortunate, like driving a little car. And she realized that the last second she was going to go off on 95. And she was like, oh, my God, you know, and like came over. And so she came, she merged over on a Dodge Caravan. 
remember that. So he got squirrely and sideways in front of us. And he basically hit the, um, what are those things called? Jersey wall. Yeah. Yeah. Head on. And we basically T-bone him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't have a seatbelt on and I'm like, you know, I fly forward and the airbag thankfully deploys and it catches my, my wrist and like right at the windshield and the, in the roof and the airbag. So it crushed my wrist. Thankfully that was the worst of the injuries, like on 695, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, evening traffic. And I remember looking in the passenger, like, or looking in the mirror and seeing like all these lights and there's like all kinds of smoke, I guess from brakes and stuff. And then this tractor and trailer just, you know, like goes through all of that. And you can see like the smoke, like swirling, you know what I mean? Like, and then it was like at that moment, I realized I was like, something's wrong. And I like reach my hand in and I could just feel, and I like started to go into shock. Anyway, I tell that story because that's where the pain pills came in. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the opiates came in. Um, and I was so pissed off. Like, yeah, I was so pissed off and bitter at the world. It was your fault that I got in that accident. You were probably never even anywhere around that place, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I was such an asshole to so many people. And it wasn't, you know, yeah. just ha- it was an accident. Yeah. And um, they were going to amputate my hand. And then, um, thankfully, my ex and my mom, you know, she's there by now. Uh, they took me to South Baltimore Hospital, same hospital I was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, the emergency doctor was like, we're going to have to amputate. And... My ex was like, nope, I will scoop her up and take her to Hopkins. Yeah. And so they didn't. But that led to excruciating pain for like weeks. Mm -hmm. Like um, they tried to go in and set things back, but it just didn't. And like basically had to go back in the hospital for pain management. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I could tell them that I was just like kind of in pain and they would like Oh, here. When when was this, Mandy? Like, what time frame? Was this, like, the early 2000s? 2001, yeah. Yeah, 2001. Uh, so yeah, right during, like, the opiate, mm-hmm. like, you know, these pills aren't addictive. Like, yep. here, this is an yeah. Oxy-40. You're going to yeah. be just... Did you have a compound fracture out of curiosity? Is that why? It was completely shattered. Both. Did you have a compound, though? Like, was there any, like, bones sticking through? Or was it just, like, yes. you had no... Yes. Like, everything oh, was kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when I started to go into shock. Yeah. When I pulled when my hand out bone, and it yeah. was like, it was, it had blood on my hand. Like it felt yeah. mush and then it was blood. You know what I mean? Mush. So, I don't like when you yeah. describe the, yeah. like the, a bone is mush. Yeah. yeah. It was gnarly. Um, so eventually I found, I had to like, I basically interviewed surgeons Yeah. after that and found this young guy right out of med school that was like, we don't have to amputate. I can fix it. And I'm like, you're the man for the job. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, but re- but you have to promise me that you quit smoking cigarettes. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, sure. Why? 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 Just because you would heal slower. 
I that's think some, was like, his perceptive bullshit. Right, but I just remember yeah, that's, that's what he said. Yeah, that's probably true. I, yeah, but like, I don't care so though. If he's like saying I'm going to save your hand, I'll, I'll yeah. quit smoking. Right. Well, I tried. But, then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but what I did was it led to that behavior where I was like, oh, let me not smoke an hour before I go see him. Let me take a shower real quick so he doesn't uh, smell it on me. Mm -hmm. Like I got so self-conscious about behavior. it. Right. I'm like trying to still, yeah. you know, manipulating the mm -hmm. situation, right? Um, at one point I had six surgeries on my wrist and at one point I had plates, screws, all of that, um, artificial bone, Ooh. like they wanted to go into my hip and I was like, no way, you know, a cadaver, pig, Whoa. artificial, those are my choices. And, um. I'm going cadaver. I'm going dead person bones. Yeah, I said artificial. 100%. I mean, the pig, though. I mean, we're, I we're fairly to, no, Fuck that. Give me the haunted bones. Yeah. Mr. Nobody, everyone has a pet pig. So, at some point, though, I ended up with, like, um, pins and coming out in two different places and an external fixator that, like, basically was the size of a refrigerator door handle, like, keeping everything straight. How many pins did you, uh, how many, uh, Open wounds? Did you have? Yeah, you're speaking Eric's language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had four. Uh, I had four pins. Um, or actually, like, so I didn't have pins. I had only screws. Um, did you have screws and pins? I'm guessing. Oh God, this is good. It, it wasn't like a. It out. wasn't like a halo thing. But it yeah. was just like it was. There was pins here and pin, pins in my arm, pins in my hand. Okay, you just yeah. had to fix it. You didn't have that obnoxious. It's kind of a shame. This is mm -hmm. only audio because we're looking yeah. at scars right now. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love scars. <laughs> so. Yeah, so so at that point, all I had to do was call my doctor's office mm -hmm. and, yeah. say, and say, like, I'm out. Yep. I mean, it was so easy. I mean, oh, yeah. but it was justified, really, mm -hmm. but it was so, so easy. Yeah. Um, so I was going into my fourth surgery, and um, they did all the prep and stuff. I don't know. It was like... Because there were several times where it was like, we're going to put this plate on here for this long. And then we're going to see how it heals. And then we can maneuver things and we can work on this side a little bit more or whatever. And, um, you know, so as a woman, when they're taking you, you know, to the emergency or the surgery room, like, is there any chance you're pregnant? And I'm like, no, I'm not pregnant. Like, no way. And I'm using so heavily at this point mm -hmm. i mean i'm drinking everything smoking everything swallowing snort anything i could get my hands on yeah and um i was like i'm not pregnant there's no way i was um so i had the surgery mm -hmm. and then like a couple of days later at like six weeks i was like fuck i think i'm pregnant mm -hmm. it was just like that thought went and got a test confirmed it I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. And then like found out like on a Monday and then on Thursday I miscarried. No. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. You know, I mean, because the amount of substances <laughs> I was continuously pumping into my body at that yeah. point and then the surgery yeah, and the anesthesia, anesthesia yeah. and, you know. That's a lot for, yeah. Right. I think, I think, baby. you know, now I look at it and I'm like, I think God definitely did me a favor. At that point, not only could I like, you know, not wasn't in the headspace, whatever. Two months after that, I got pregnant with my oldest daughter. 
um, which actually probably turned out to be a little bit of a blessing because there was a lot of um, bone growth that we were trying to get and I had to have an, um, a bone stimulator. I had to wear around it that set electric magnetic pulses to like to get the blood flow there to get some bone growing right so they were like hey you're pregnant like you're gonna be growing a, a little person you know what i mean like you're gonna be filled with a lot of crazy natural chemicals right. that are right yeah so um not happy to say that i used during my pregnancy mm -hmm. um i did try really hard yeah. to limit it like it doesn't make it okay but i i did you know, only smoke weed. Like this is this is natural. Mm -hmm. This is okay. Yep. Um, drank a little bit, so I did cut back. Yeah. You know, and, and I but I still smoked. Mm -hmm. Um, cigarettes. Doctors, the my uh, the gynecologist said, you know, you you do more harm to the baby if you quit. You know. Mm -hmm. I really tried to cut back. So I had my daughter, and um. She was healthy. Um, she was actually born at a motorcycle rally in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because her father was working at uh, a motorcycle shop and, you know, they went up there for the for the bike show and I was eight and a half months pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you fucking asshole, you're not going there without me. Yeah. You know, you and people- You ride on a bike, did you? Eddie? No. Okay. No, I didn't ride on a bike. He did. No. No, we rode together in a black Jeep I had at the time. And um, it was hot as hell, July 24th. Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, yeah. yeah. You must have been miserable. It was miserable. Eight and a half months oh, my pregnant God. in July. And people were like, what if you go into labor? And I'm like, they make hospitals in Pennsylvania. Oh. <laughs> oh man! Common misconception: no hospitals in Pennsylvania, not one. <laughs> Several jails. Well, no eventually, hospitals. I found myself at Carlisle General <laughs> yeah. Hospital, yeah. whatever it was, right around the corner. Yeah. But um, you know, and also in this particular relationship, not only—I mean, we were both using ridiculously hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was always gone. You know, so it was it was not a healthy, very toxic relationship. Um, you know, I'm in the hospital in bed with with the baby, and you know he goes back to the motorcycle rally. What and, a dick! And, yeah, fuck that. And I remember what thinking to myself in that very moment, like I'm going to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. Like this is going to be by this is all me, man. So. You know, we get home and I mean, things, I end up having surgery again and, you know, after I've had Maddie and all that stuff. Um, so 18 months after Maddie was born, my twins were born. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So I have, I have twins. Um, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you say that. That's <laughs> Do you have twins? You don't fucking yeah. know. At the time... <laughs> You know, I was, um, you know, like I kept my oldest in diapers because I was like, there's no way I can potty train and also change diapers on these twins. And, 
you know, just things like that. Like, there's no way I can breastfeed. Like, how can I breastfeed these twins? I mean, it was just so much. And it was, again, God gave by me myself. two boobs. <laughs> they told me that, and too. two arms, but no. you lost an arm. So they how were like, are you going to They were like, you can hold them like a football on each side. And I was like. Yeah. Have you, not, have you not seen the beautiful Sorry. Instagram I was like, photos? So when my 18-month-old is, like, running around the house getting into something. And You're I'm just double-fisting twins. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no thanks. <laughs> No, I'm a terrible. Thanks. Carly is staring at me. <laughs> you are such that's, a that dick, is, that David. That is a terrible thing that you just said. It is a terrible <laughs> thing I just said. <laughs> I don't even have words for him. I and I'm just gonna it let sounds him like go. you're using him as sock puppet puppets in some horror movie. The way you just kind I'm of a terrible it. person. I'm just gonna let it run its course. What do I know about <laughs> breastfeeding? I'm an idiot. Keep going. I'm sorry. So, oh yeah, that was. It was a crazy time, man. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how I did it. I mean, at one point, I didn't really suffer from postpartum depression. Like, I didn't have really great pregnancies either. I, I didn't feel like I, um, I did not enjoy pregnancy. You know why? Because I couldn't get high the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So, I think the twins were two months old. My oldest was like 20 months old. And I called my mom one day. I'm still living in Glen Burnie at the time. And I said, Mom, I don't want to hurt them. I want to leave them. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to get in my car without these three little leeches mm -hmm. and go somewhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was literally just me. Mm -hmm. Because he was like off doing fucking whoever, whatever he was doing. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, she said to me, She's like, okay, listen to me. She said, pack some clothes. Don't worry about how much. I have a washer and dryer. Like, I know this, right? Mm -hmm. But at yeah. the time, she's like, pack up all the formula you have. Put it in your car. Don't forget the kids. And come home. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what she said, mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, okay, okay. And I did that. And... um so there was like a there was like a couple of years there that I was not working in the bar. Mm. I was not working the restaurant because you know I had this like broken hand, yeah. you know this broken thing going on, and um, so I moved back home. That gave me the chance to go back to work. Mm -hmm. uh, Mom was working full time at Walmart in Eldersburg. Bless her heart, and she would come home as soon as she came home. I'd be dressed ready at the door, and. Uh, I would work my shift, mm -hmm. get my shifty after work, you mm -hmm. know, and I would, um, you know, go to the party afterwards because I was a bartender. So I knew where all the parties were. Yep. I knew who had this fully stocked ba basement. I knew if, if my Coke hookup had it by the drink he ordered. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. What he, was the drink? If no. he had it, he had, he got like a Diet Coke. If he oh. didn't, he got a gangling. Uh, that makes sense, yeah. So uh, I was like, all right, it's on. You know, okay. and my mother would get up in the middle of the night and change my kids' diapers mm -hmm. and give my twins their bottles after working her full-time shift. Yeah. You know, while I was out there ripping and running, mm -hmm. making sure I got back in the door at my parents' house by 4.30 a.m. before the old man got up to get ready to go to work because I didn't want to face him, you know? Um, 
right around that point is when I had also gotten into those accidents, mm -hmm. you know, and that was like the second time I was um, introduced to the rooms, you know, because my um, Chevy Suburban had gotten towed home and I like ran down in a ditch with these big boulders and you know I tried to start it and drive out of there. Of course. And um, It's a Suburban, it's yeah, fine. This right. is what it's built for. And uh, my ex actually had gotten me out of there, like pulled me through the passenger side window and threw me in the tow truck and made me hide, you know, like in the passenger side floor under the dash because the cops were just starting to show up. And like people pulled over and were like checking on me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, but I got out of there before they showed up or before the cops who knew who the driver was. Yeah. You know, the, so yep. that kind of stuff kept happening. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I should say that when I had moved from Glen Burnie back home to Westminster, he followed me, mm. which you'd think he would, right? Those are his kids. Yeah. Um, so, but the second time in the rooms was when it was like, my family was like, you know, don't you think it's about time yeah. that you like try to do something different, you know? I never left the friends. I never left the environment. I never left the job. Mm -hmm. um, but it was just, it was becoming more and more apparent. Yeah. And I couldn't keep this gig up much yep. longer. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, the one accident that I had gotten into, um, I think that was a Jeep then too. I'm a Jeep girl, so. Mm -hmm. um, I was also working a side gig uh, for a friend who had a bar in Pigtown, and it was football season. Nice. And he said, Mandy, I need somebody to come down here who can, you know. Knows what they're doing. Yeah. Right. So I was like, sweet, make extra money. Mm -hmm. We won. I can't tell you who we played. I, can't, I don't know the yeah. score, whatever, but I know we won. Because my chip That's jar, all that matters. my tip jar was full, you mm -hmm. know. So I did what I always did: took my shifty, went on the other side. You know, customers and want to buy shots, always welcome that, love that. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I should probably start heading home. So I went to the the regular full time bar to check the schedule. Mm -hmm. Air quotes. Yeah, I didn't need to check the schedule. I had the same damn schedule every week. I remember the owner coming up to me, the wife, and she says, Mandy, let me drive you home. I said, I'm fine, fine. Mm -hmm. And then, again, blackout, get behind the wheel. I'm on Cleansmore Road, which is like a real twisty, turny road up mm -hmm. there in Carroll County, and uh, ran off the road, flipped it. They told me that I... I flipped it end over end and barrel rolled it like twice. I don't know how they came up with that, but yeah. okay. I mean, all my back windows were busted out. It was, a, it was a Grand Cherokee. The hatch was open. All my shit was everywhere. And I remember coming to like wet. So it either rained or the dew or something. Like I remember I was wet. Mm -hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't bloody or anything. I was fine. Yeah. Um, and then I hear somebody from the road. Say, so are you okay? And like at that moment was when it was like, I felt this pain from like my left side all the way to the top of my head, like all the way down. And I was like, nope, 
like this isn't this is it you know what i mean like that mm. moment when you're like you know you can't run anymore yeah like there's nobody left to come tow you out of this because mm -hmm. me and the ex were fighting like cats and dogs at this point um because i was the drunk ass bitch you know um and like i just knew i knew there was nowhere to go i knew i couldn't run fast enough yeah to get out of there i knew i was like no i think i need an ambulance mm -hmm. so they show up it's a local fire department they all know me i'm oh, a bartender yeah. you know mm -hmm. and um they get me in the medic and they take me somewhere i come to again my mom's there with her best friend I'm screaming at medical staff, like, give me something. And you're like, your BAC is like, <laughs> no way. Yeah. You could suffer through this one. Oh. And then, um, anyway, I end up um, going later, a couple of days later, to um, go get my stuff out of like the Jeep at the impound. Mm -hmm. And you know, those guys, all my tip money was still there really my fucking weed was still in my my purse that's shocking like those guys raid those cars all the time right I, yeah and those but i think in, in combination of like being their bartender and those guys being regular like the fire department and the, and the junkyard guy mm. you know what i mean so that doesn't help anything so i still got all the money still got all the drugs you know what i mean um but i did end up going to court and that's 50 bucks I spent on the public defender. She she got me off on um, the fact that the hospital did not record my BAC right. Jesus Christ. Ah. And it was like two points something. I mean, it was stupid. Like, yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I know that like the state's attorney and the cop, they were pissed, you know? Yeah. And I was like, great. Um, but in preparation for that court case, like I had gotten a, uh, I ended up with a Toyota Camry. So I had gotten the blow and go put in, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. did, was doing all the things. Yeah. Um, never left the job. Just kept kept going, kept going. Um, then I found myself with too many morning after fails in the blow and go. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, guess what? You still need to surrender your license. And it was really, you know, just at that point that I was like, I mean. This can't can can't continue on. And my kids, my kids are getting older. Mm -hmm. Their father never stopped using. He was always a functioning addict. He was way more functioning than I could ever could be. You know, like um, I don't know. He was just better at it. And um, you know, I just kind of came to this point. I mean, it's not this huge like groundbreaking aha moment i mean i guess it is but i just like found myself sitting on my bed in my bedroom one particular morning it was like 9 a.m it was like some god-awful time because i was a bartender so it was mm -hmm. like i hate this time and i found myself sitting there with a joint in one hand and a fifth of my favorite whiskey in the other what was your favorite whiskey jim beam yeah <laughs> yeah i was a bourbon girl yeah and um, just finally feeling sick and tired, mm -hmm. you know, like this is, yeah. I looked around my bedroom. It looked like a teenager's room. It looks like my son's room right mm -hmm. now, you know, like yeah. it, it, you know, and I was like 30 at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So anyway, all the, the things happened and I uh, made a phone call to my insurance company. Because hmm. I had called previously for something for the kids and I remember I was on hold and I heard the recording. If you have a drug and alcohol problem, hmm. you know. I didn't know you could call insurance companies for that. But that's the only reason I knew. Because oh. I had to like I mean, it makes sense. I don't even I know just, why I had to call for one of the kids. Maybe to see if they could go to a certain doctor or something. But, uh, yeah, so I did. Mm -hmm. I called my insurance company, and they tried to give me pills to quit drinking. Oh, the abuse? Yeah, or they were like, we could also get a shot. And I was like, no, listen. Like, if I'm doing this, it's got to be, like, I'm all in. You yeah. Know? So they gave me the number to two places, two recovery places. I called one and never picked up, and I actually left a voicemail. The second place, they picked up before the first ring was even done. That always creeps me out. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Were and you they were like, me? we can have you a bed in like a week and a half. Like, mm -hmm. can you make it that long? And I was like, I think. So, like, I kind of got my affairs in order, mm -hmm. which sounds weird, right? But, like, I was ready. Mm -hmm. And, um... So, like, I took my earnings and put them in envelopes, like, in my chest drawer. Um, I got my friends at the bar to cover my shifts. Mm -hmm. And I worked, like, the Wednesday night, like, before, sur surrendered my license, did all the things. Did you use in that week and a half or no? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A bartender I mean, yeah at the end it was alcohol so you were like 99 percent in <laughs> yeah i was like let me let me go ahead and just get this yeah you yeah. know yeah. um and then my nephew picked me up that night and um so <clears throat> this is what i did i did all my because i took my bar job very seriously mm -hmm. and i did all my end of night stuff um i cleaned i stocked I did all the things and then like at the and then oh my nephew came in and i gave him my six pack of bud light and i said you know i bought this it's for me yeah you know and he went out and waited while i locked all the doors and everything and i went up to the kitchen my my, my boss's office and i put the money down on the table on the table and i put a letter like i wrote a letter mm -hmm. like peace out yeah put myself in treatment and like with the restaurant keys Set the alarm, walked out. Get in my nephew's truck. He's driving me home. And I was like, hey, so um, Aunt Mandy's going to rehab tomorrow. And he was like, it's probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, that night I packed my bags and I wrote my mom a note. Tried to smoke all the weed I had. Tried to drink <laughs> all the alcohol I had. Yeah. And I paid a regular customer of mine, who was a girl. She used to come in every Tuesday night after bingo. <laughs> it was funny because she was young too and she still played bingo. But anyway, um, I paid her 50 bucks and a pack of cigarettes to drive me to Crownsville. Nice. And she did. Yeah. And when I left the house, I left the note on my mom's pillow. And the reason why I did that is because I didn't want the confrontation and I didn't want anybody like, I didn't want the owners of the restaurant to say, well, we'll just take you out from behind the bar. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. And I didn't want my mom, my mom to say, what about the kids? Yeah. Because I did line it up with my ex. He had the kids. 
you know? And it was like taking a huge gamble at that point because I really wanted to take the kids from him, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Just because the relationship was so bad. So, yeah. I mean, I went to treatment and uh, detoxed safely off of alcohol mm -hmm. because I heard. They can kill you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I was like making this decision, I felt like, for my kids. So, I was like. Well, I don't want to die. Like I'm making the decision to live. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, and I was there for 28 days. Went to a recovery house in Glen Burnie. I went there because I'm familiar with the area. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's how it started. And then again, obviously, that's how I was finally introduced. Like finally went in and was like, I'm doing this. And I remember there was this old guy. Um had like 30 some years at the time mm -hmm. and I had like 20 days Yeah, and I was like oh my god you're like a giant mm -hmm. you know and he's like you're gonna be okay Mandy mm -hmm. you're gonna be okay and I just remember hearing that and then um, you know so I just started started the journey um, I did not have my license the first four months in recovery mm -hmm. so I'm living in Glen Burnie and the uh, the number 14 bus runs all the way up and down Ritchie Highway. Yeah. Like, it'll go all the way down to Annapolis and all the way back up, you know. Mm -hmm. But I didn't always have the money. Yeah. Um, I remember the first day from treatment to recovery house, I met the house manager, and I had my cell phone. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, it must not have been that bad for you. You still got your phone. And I was like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like I left money behind so my mom could pay my bills for me. Yeah. Because I felt like I was already such a burden. You know, like I felt like I'd already, I'd made such a huge decision already to try and clean up myself. Like I didn't want to just, you know, like even at that point, I realized all the damage I had caused and I didn't want to just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Even even then, even mm -hmm. though I knew that I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, was there for a few months. The only job I had was finding my way to the meeting. Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on what day it was and if you had bus fare, I mean, you could hit any fellowship up and down Ritchie Highway all day long. Oh, yeah. Um. I humbled myself and that's probably the best part about Ritchie Highway. Yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. meetings everywhere. Well, and there was meetings you could walk to yeah. from the recovery house. Mm -hmm. So and like they really weren't that far away. So I would if I walked to a meeting, there was like a ninety nine percent chance I was gonna find a where a ride home. Yeah. To the recovery house. Mm -hmm. And then if I was smart, I'd line up the next you know, the next day. Mm -hmm. Um but I went to ShopRite grocery store, mm -hmm. got a job awesome. for like eight, I don't even know, yeah. $8 and 50 cents. Mm -hmm. Talk about humbling. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how many bars I walked past? Oh, yeah. Like trying to. Convince yourself not to go in there and get a job. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. Because it wasn't about the using. It was about the, the money. Yeah. The hustle. 100%. Yeah. Yep. And. I remember I walked to the um, Glen Burnie MBA 
because I was like, okay, so what, how many flaming hoops of fire are you going to make me jump through to get my license back? And like somehow I went from like this person, this person, this person. And finally I found myself like on the second floor of the NBA. Who knew? There's a second floor. Yeah. And talked to like some pretty, pretty (laughs) important people. And they were like, okay, come back in 30 days. And I did. And they're like, oh, you got to wait another 30 days. And I was really discouraged, but I did it. Yeah. You know, because I was like, there's nothing I can do. The NBA will discourage anybody. Yeah. Um, Got my license back. Started, you know. Um, being the person giving people back rides, um, I became of service pretty early on. I was um, literature, mm-hmm. you know, in uh, the Gwen Bernie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked it. Yeah. I basically just filled home groups' orders with the literature and key tags and stuff mm-hmm. that they needed. And um, I was like, this is cool. We can do this. Mm-hmm. Learn how to make coffee, how to set up the room. You know, learned all those things. Yeah. Um, got my first sponsor there. Um, who was batshit crazy. Um, but she was great. She was exactly what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. So at about eight months clean, I was like, all right, it's time to get, you know, like I got to get back to real life. Yeah. And I found my way. I kept, you know, coming up to Westminster, kind of exploring the area. I would go to meetings and I would say... I'm new to the meeting, new to the area. Yeah. Um, you're just trying to get myself established. Mm-hmm. Got another home group. Lined up another sponsor. Yeah. But still celebrated my first year mm-hmm. in Glen Burnie. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do what I know. And I'm going to go and, like, you know, be part of literature. And then the person in the area I'm in now was like, Oh, I've been doing this for like eight years. Here you go. Here's the keys, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, but then I also learned at that point, like the levels of service. Like I actually, I went to like regional literature chair and stuff like that. I mean, it was, it was really cool though, because like yeah. I was super involved. I met so many people. We need people like you. Cause I am not about that life. Well, that I'm not, not my well, service. that was the beginning. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I started getting my kids more and more and more. And my oldest daughter expressed her interest in softball. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. So I was like, okay, here's my chance to show up for my kids. Like mm-hmm. I wanted, needed, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, before you know it, you learn real quick as a mom, single mom with kids in sports, like that becomes your life. Yeah. And, um, and that was okay for me yeah and i and i had to resign from those service positions yeah and i don't think it's something that we talk about enough honestly parenting in Uh recovery absolutely i feel like you know everybody's like you know you got to put your recovery first and i absolutely believe that i believe that that is so important in the very beginning but when you've got these kids yeah that you know my kids now the oldest is um 18 she's going to move out 11 days before her 19th birthday nice she just finished her freshman freshman year of community college Mm -hmm. she wants to be a teacher fantastic you know my twins are 17 and a half boys boy and a girl okay um i was like if it was twin boys you're in are they identical or fraternal fraternal so wait 
Can a no. wait? Yeah, a girl and a guy can't be identical twins. No, no I'm asking the question. You they do. They that. do resemble each other, but <laughs> yes, not, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Yeah. So they're going to be seniors in high school. Mm-hmm. Um. My youngest daughter, one of the twins, started playing soccer. She went into field hockey. Um, she's now verbally committed to a D3 college. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So she's like already going. Mm-hmm. She's she's going into her senior year, going to go into the fall season, know that she's Knowing committed. Knowing the next step. Yeah. I mean, not that that means that she should slack off, but I'm just saying like, wow, what a relief, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. to know that, you know, um, oh, yeah. we're actually going there next weekend because they've got like some clinic thing going on. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then my son, he played baseball. Um I love baseball mm-hmm. and um, he has gotten himself out of it just because he's so busy. Like he's in the, he's in the volunteer fire department. He's in tech, the, the trade school up my way. Mm-hmm. That is um diesel mechanic, nice. you know, like he does FFA stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like the vice president and like, but does like the ag mechanics of it, like the welding and the, oh, that's he's awesome. definitely like a tradesman, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, like two years ago, um, well, even before that, back up just like a tad, it was probably seven years ago that my kids came to me. I picked them up over winter break from their father's house, and they were like, yeah, we don't want to go there anymore. Mm. You know, their father and the girl that he was seeing at the time, I mean, they were just hardcore Oops, sorry yep. into the opiates into yeah you know whatever mm-hmm. and like when that happened i remember hearing like this little voice in my head saying like this is it mm-hmm. like this is what you've been preparing for yeah you know and i call i remember i called him and i said the kids don't want to come back and he started crying and he was like i don't want to be here either and i said man nothing changes if nothing changes yep. you know what i mean like I can do the same for you that you did for me in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You, know, you took the kids when I went to treatment. Yeah. You know, and, um, but then he says, I'm not a quitter. Why? Okay. How is that like a point of pride? I don't quit drugs. Like, yeah. so <laughs> sometimes it's good to quit, yeah. buddy. So eventually what ended up happening there was, um, he, yeah, it was an asshole. And, uh, so it was like a good five years. He just like disappeared. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of that. Like, there was no custody. There was no court thing. Like, I was constantly worried that, like, he could come to the kid's school and try to take him out. You know, it was, like, always, like, in the back of my mind, like, this constant, constant worry. Mm-hmm. And then um, he showed up one day on my porch, tried to, like, sell us a bunch of bullshit. None of us were buying. Mm-hmm. And because um, even my kids, like, my oldest daughter was like, where, where have you even been? Yeah. Like, what have you been doing? Are mm-hmm. you even clean? You know, and like she knows the lingo, right? Because yeah, it's what happens. Yep. And so we didn't hear from him or see him for like a long time, and then um, two years ago he he died of, oh. of an overdose. His death certificate says like um, three different kinds of fentanyl. Jeez. Something so, that starts with an X that I can't pronounce. There's a car. It's probably car fentanyl, and then fentanyl and some other yeah. thing. Well, whatever starts with an X is like a horse tranquilizer. Oh, 
and yeah, then cocaine. That's, that's big right now is the tranquilizers yeah. um, that are getting like stomped on with like the uh, yeah. The so so I would be lying to you if I said that you know I mean I was honestly my I was first of all I was a lot more upset than I thought I would be yeah because I fucking hated him yeah you know but then I was relieved and what I mean by that is mostly because he's an addict that doesn't have to suffer anymore Oof. like he he never found the rooms mm-hmm. like he like he he said on my porch in front of me and my kids, when my oldest daughter asked him if he goes to meetings, he said, I'm not a quitter. And I was getting ready to celebrate nine years, I think, at the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, fuck you. Yeah. Um, So, you know, after that, the oldest took that really hard. Yeah. Obviously. Mm Because she's the one that had like the the biggest connection with him. Mm-hmm. The twins were kind of like, I mean, they were upset. Yeah. But it was, it was a whole thing, man. Like his mom wasn't even going to tell us. I mean, it was all very toxic and crazy. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, we were able to view him before they cremated him. They didn't put any makeup on his face. Oh, that's oh, so crazy. Had to pay ninety bucks for fifteen minutes. We weren't the even kids, there. Did you have to pay for that? Yeah. Did mm. the kids see yeah. him like that? In the, the grandmother. Fucking racket. Yeah. Did the kids see him like that? Yeah. Oh, that's oh awful. Man, that's. I mean, there was so many. Listen, there, and that was another thing too, right? That was like on one oh. hand, I shouldn't take them to see that. That's forever going to be etched in their brain. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like we have to say goodbye. Well, and that's forever etched in their brain is like. Don't do know, drugs. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I still awful. see it. I still see it. You yeah, know? That's giving me goosebumps for a second. That's just yeah. horrific. His face was purple. Yeah. It yeah. was gnarly. Yeah. It was really bad. It's, yeah. People look gross after they die. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, it gets us to present day. I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, they're doing, they're doing amazing. And people tell me, they're like, you did a good job, mama. And I'm like, I did that? Yeah. Wow. And I feel like, like I know we have to get clean for ourselves and it has to be like a, you know, a legit decision for us. I know where you're going with this. But like I did this for my kids. Yep. And like, look at them, you know? Mm I'm trying not to brag, but fuck it. Like, fuck that brag. Awesome. Yeah. Fuck that, yeah. you're, a single, you're a single mom. Hey. Brag as much as yeah. you fucking want. You brag about your kid. You're Hell yeah. yeah. It was funny the other day my friend said something about like, oh, I read this parenting book. And I was like, nobody gave me the fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fucking book? Right. Um, so, and then like, what's going on with me recently, I guess, is... Um, you know, I have was recent. Well, right after Christmas, I was diagnosed with um, stage three rectal cancer. So I have been undergoing cancer treatments. I also work for the school system. So I took all those years of restaurant business and took it into the school system. And I'm a cafeteria manager at a middle school and an elementary school, which is challenging, Uh right? In its own way, but also um, very rewarding. 
but I was somehow able to work this year going through cancer treatments. And yesterday was our last day, and I was so grateful. <laughs> I was yeah. like, thank God. Like, I can finally turn the focus in on me, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for at least a couple months. Mm-hmm. So, um, and really, what I feel like I've been doing for my recovery in that in that time is just staying clean, man. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's like, so many times that I've uh, never thought of using. Um, but it's also just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't have the energy. I'm like, step work, really? Mm. Yeah. One day. <laughs> um, and I know that sounds, you know, ideally we should be actively working on, you know, but it's. It's a process. It is what it is, man. It's a process. Yeah. Um, Anybody who doesn't understand that it is probably not a single mom with three kids. Yeah. Like, if if anybody tried to give a single mom with three kids a hard time about not picking up her step work, I'd be like, okay, first of all, fuck you for real. Yeah. Mind your business. Yeah. Well, thankfully, my sponsor, like, knows all of that, too. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I'm sure. Yeah. And she's, um, like, I'm actually on the 10th step, and she's like, you know... You're so close to the end. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm on eleven, and I'm yeah, I have ten yeah. years. Well, she, and I'm like, oh, do I really just go to finish, go across yeah. the finish line? It's definitely not a race. No, it's not a race. No, um, but she was like, you know, the tenth step, like doing your inventory, daily inventory for thirty days, would really be helpful right now. And I'm like, I don't doubt that. <laughs> like, I agree with you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> do you have that time? Yeah. yeah. That well, maybe time. now. Yeah. You know, school's <laughs> over. Yeah, school's but, out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I usually work the summer, but for obvious reasons, I'm not. Cue Alice Cooper. Yeah. School's out for summer. Yeah. That's a good reference. Absolutely. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, today's a good day. Yeah. Today was not. I mean, yesterday was not, but today is. Um, you know, and that's kind of how it goes yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be um, positive. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm out, when I go to a meeting, because I can definitely be negative Nancy real quick. Of course. Um, it's also generally who I am. <laughs> like I'm not really like very Me social too. kind of person. Me like, too. Yeah. Yeah. Not like that over the top extra exuberant. I'm weird. I'm like an extroverted introvert. Introvert. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I like doing all the Are you things. a Scorpio? No, I'm oh. a Virgo. Oh, okay. But I, I like going to like the cookouts and, and going to see people. But like after I'm done with it, I feel so drained. Mm-hmm. I'm like that really. T- like, you know, what's funny is like the most recent Memorial Day picnic. I think you were there, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I found myself. None of my kids were there. Mm-hmm. And my kids are like uh, just about adults. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. still out front with the kids. Mm hmm. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Did Why? you did you see in Facebook memories pictures from Sabrina's from like five years ago? I think so. There's no kids in the pictures. <laughs> There's none. <laughs> and then we were there and it was nothing but I swear to God, there were more kids than adults there. Yeah. It was insane. There's a lot of kids. It was all the kids. Yeah. It was, was it was definitely kind of nice sitting back and like observing mm-hmm. and knowing that I did not have to mm-hmm. go correct that kid or go pick up that crying kid or go change yeah. that kid's diaper or uh-huh. whatever. I could just be like, whose kid is that? That's like throwing the balls at the other kid's head. You know? <laughs> that was not my kid. Not my kid. 
My kid wasn't really, like, Magnus was not messing with anybody. He was just walking and doing his own thing. He is very independent. No, I love it. Yeah. But all right. We definitely have some questions for you. Carly, would you like to go first? Um, sure. Right. Um, since we are on the topic of talking about kids and parenting, and you mentioned earlier that you, like, that it's not talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, was there, like, ever a point where you had to sit down with your kids and talk about addiction and recovery and... Mm-hmm. Help them have that understanding? Well, I've always been honest with them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we actually had, like, the talk. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, I remember times when my mom would bring them down to the recovery house to visit me. Like, when she'd be babysitting, especially. Mm -hmm. um, And they'd be like, Mom, why are you here? Like, what? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a it's a room with two single beds and two different dressers and two different closets. And, you know, and um, and I would just tell them, you know, like mommy's, you know, mommy went to the hospital to. So when I went to treatment, Maddie was seven and the twins were five. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously Maddie would understand it more. Yeah, they had their wits about them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew something wasn't. Yeah. Adding up. Yeah. And I was like, you know, mommy quit drinking. And, um, you know, I kind of, I needed, I needed to come here to get that help. Mm-hmm. You know, that when they were that young. Mm-hmm. And then as they got older, they would ask me questions and I would tell them. And it, I think that it was awesome to open up that dialogue with them because now if they, um, it's kind of funny, but it's not, but my oldest daughter, she um, she went she went to a friend's, one of her best friend's parents, like the mom was getting remarried. Okay. So Maddie would go on vacations and yada mm-hmm. yada, and she got invited. She called me, it's like eleven thirty at night, and she's like crying, and I'm like, oh my god, what happened? And she's like, you're gonna hate me. You're never going to talk to me again. You're going to hate me. And I'm like, what happened? And she's like, I had a drink. And Aww. I was like, How old was she? she was 17. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like 16, yeah. 17. Yeah. Around that age. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she was like. Mortified. Yes. Wow. And I'm like internally like laughing hysterically because I'm thinking like. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the first, not that I think, it, I mean, not that it's okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. I mean, just she, first of all, she called me to tell me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second of all, that she was just like so scared mm-hmm. that it was going to like taint a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just, the, the next thing that I said was, are you okay? Do I need to come get you? Mm-hmm. You know? And she was like. No, they said I can stay here. They took my keys, and I'm like, okay, That's you know, seventeen year old ever. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't calling parents. At I know. I was not either. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, that's funny. All right. Um. No, and actually, just to touch on that, like that is a fantastic thing about recovery is. Because I, I like through the Dare program, which we all in this room think is garbage. <laughs> I do have a shirt though. I Total have a ruler. Bull. That's awesome. I, I did a, not know that. I have a ruler. The Dare ruler. Yeah, like, I saw a shirt on Facebook today that said Dare Dropout. 
there's some kids in middle school that like got their hands on some like retro dare shirts and it's so funny too because i'm like oh i like your shirt yeah and they're, they're like, like what <laughs> <laughs> what do you know yeah um i it's it, it was a great idea i i think it filled a lot of kids heads with misconceptions so the fact that that uh, can change from people in recovery and actually have an open, realistic dialogue. And also the fact that they literally saw the consequences of it yes. with their dad. Mm-hmm. Like that, and like not, not not to say that like a scared straight thing always works or whatever, right. but like that's that's tangible evidence to them. And the, the other side of that coin is like, you're, you've been living your best life, and I'm sure they saw the difference in their mom through the years. So the fact that yeah, they, yeah. they can see that practical, real-life um, application of recovery and what it does and the consequences of substances, it, it, it gives them a real feel for what to expect right. moving forward. Yeah. So that's fantastic. All right. Um, blah, 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 blah. Can I ask two questions? I don't care. Go it's, for it. It's going to be a fun one. Okay. Okay. First <laughs> one's going to be a fun one for the group. Uh, and we'll start with Mandy and go around. Who's your favorite Oriole of all time? All time? All time. Favorite Oriole. Not the best. Who's your favorite? Oh, wow. I have my answer. You have your answer? I do. Okay. Carly, go first. J.J. Yeah. Hardy. J.J. Hardy. Okay. He's a stud, yeah. like a low-key stud. Yes. Yeah. J.J. Hardy's a solid and, answer. And I enjoyed looking at him, too. Ooh, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah he like was it. a good one to look at. J.J. Hardy. What you, what you got, Eric? Who's your favorite Oriole? Oh, wait. Come back to me for a second. <laughs> okay, Mandy, what do you got? Well, I mean, I would say, you know, as a kid, um, Cal Ripken, right? Yeah. Because and that's 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 yeah, a he funny was the, piece he was too. The got milk guy, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my family, like, they were like sit in front of the console TV mm-hmm. in like the '80s, watching the NASCAR race. Where I was like always sitting on the floor in the carpet with my baseball cards, watching the Orioles play. Like mm-hmm. I'm the only baseball player, or you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. Um. I mean, I've made my kids baseball fans, but yeah. Um. So I would say, like, growing up. It was definitely Cal Ripken Jr. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, um, I, know, I mean, I got to go with Adley Rushman right now. Right. Oh. But right. Gunner's coming yeah. on strong right mm-hmm. now. Also, I was a big BJ Serhall fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, BJ Serhall was, um, was fantastic. Mullins. Yeah. Did you see his catch like it was a couple months ago? Whatever. Yeah. It was like, oh, basically yeah. the catch of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm He's still talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's killing it. Yeah. Who, who you got, Eric? Uh, Eddie Murray is probably my favorite. Eddie Murray. Um, All right. But, but before your time, you want, you want, okay. you want a little hot take about Cal Ripken? He's the Frank Gore of. We're not going to talk about this. Yeah. The, the, you you agreed with me kind of at the end, though. Like, I, the I understand Carter, what you're saying. You understand the logic. Like, I understand yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. But he's still a friggin' legend. It deserves to be in he the Hall He's a legend, but he's not. He deserves he to be in the Hall of Fame. legend. I'm trying to, like, he's just not. I don't. I, they have him as number one on the list, and I get it for the record. But like, I just don't. He's I, not he's the not greatest the best, Oriole of all time. He's not the best player who's no. ever been on the Orioles. So no, he no, 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 not no, be no. number one. Like, no, personally, no. Uh, uh, and for me, my my favorite, uh, and it just absolutely it, it ripped my guts out was Mike Messina. Mm-hmm. I, I was a big, my my favorite baseball player of all time was um, oh my god, I'm totally, Nolan Ryan. 
loved him. I've I've just always been fascinated with pitchers. And Mike Messina was really the Orioles' last great, great pitcher. He was good. And the the fact that he went to the Yankees. Yeah, that hurt. Just gutted me. I love Elias, though. Like, I love that guy. Oh, Mike Elias is fantastic. Anybody in Maryland uh, listening to this, you're totally getting off on this podcast right now. (laughs) Everybody outside of Maryland, you couldn't give a shit. Europeans, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the baseball conversation. into this conversation right now. Who? The LE, the ALE teams. Oh yeah. I'm drawing a blank, but who's our like the the relief picture pitcher that they've been using the most right now? Cano. Cano. They have Yanni or Cano. Or Felix Batista. Batista's our closer. I think um, it's Batista. No, but there's another one. Dude, he just he just throws heaters. He just he just comes up to the plate. I'm gonna throw mm-hmm. five heaters at you, and you're not gonna hit any of them. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one on one at you, and you're not gonna hit it. That's I have a it. friend of mine who's a pitching coach for his travel team, and he's like, I mean, we like talk about the breaking ball and stuff like that. I'm like learning so much mm-hmm. because I don't have my seats. Yeah. You know, so I'm like watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Not that my kid's playing baseball anymore, but yeah, whatever. Well, all right. That was the fun question. Okay. Oh, shit. I hit the mic. We don't, we're all taking turns. Um, <laughs> uh, you talked about... Uh, uh, really the lifestyle a lot. Um, mm. Just like the using lifestyle, the bar lifestyle, mm. those friends. Um, so how how difficult is it and was it moving on from the using friends, the like the bar regulars, that lifestyle and getting out of it and, and adjusting to a, a really a new way of life? Mm-hmm. So... There was definitely a couple people that genuinely gave a shit about my well-being, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, from the bar friends, from that. There's scene. always a couple bar regulars that are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. the one who drove me. Mm-hmm. You know, there was there was several times that she was my like rescue, like, hey, come get me phone call. Mm-hmm. Can I crash on your couch? You know, um, and she started off as a regular customer. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some. Um, Mutual friends mm-hmm. from my ex and I that we kept in touch over the years. Um, one chick that gave me all of her sons, who's like six foot something, like my son's like six foot three. Um, well, their father was like six foot four. Mm-hmm. So she, they, for years, she was giving me all of his hand me downs. And it was great nice. because it was all like the tall jeans. And, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, there was there was some people that I kept in touch with. Um, towards the end of his life, mm-hmm. um, there were some of his old friends that were trying to get in contact with me to get in contact with him mm-hmm. because, like, they just really didn't know how bad it got yeah. and didn't know that I hadn't seen him in five years, mm-hmm. you know? Um and then, you know, I mean, it just, there's some people that I would see or some people that I'm like, I hope I've changed enough. They don't recognize me mm-hmm. and they don't want to start a conversation yeah. <laughs> or, you know, ask how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but then coming into the rooms, um, it was difficult at first because I went to a recovery house with like 12 other chicks. Mm-hmm. That was rough. Yeah. That was rough. There was a lot of fights. Yeah. Remember one time, one girl 
was like getting her ass beat in the living room over a fucking coffee cup in the sink. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, crazy. What is going on? What the hell? That's recovery house life. That's Glenn <laughs> Burning for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think now, you know, it's it's pretty, it's, it's cool because you find a lot of people in the rooms that share the same interests, like music. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm an artist, mm -hmm. so I kind of find that I'm naturally drawn to the creatives. Mm -hmm. um, parents. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of people early in recovery that knew I had kids and was mm -hmm. like, like our friend, our mutual friend, Sabrina. Sabrina. Yeah. I remember somebody telling me you should go talk to her and somebody telling her you should go talk to Mandy mm -hmm. because we had such similar situations. Yeah. And, for a you long guys, time. and you guys have right around the same clean time, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And the same, about the same age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was. Listen to Sabrina. If you haven't listened to Sabrina's podcast, go listen to hers. I will. Oh, I legit cried. Oh, well, yeah, of course you did. Legit. You're right. <laughs> Shut up. Doesn't take much. <laughs> no, she she had a, she's a fantastic lady. Yes, yeah, she is. Thing is always that blew my mind about Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, Sabrina was, was fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, what do you got, Carly? Um, so when you mentioned resigning from your service posi position, so mm -hmm. how while your kids were like growing up and you were involved so much in that and raising them how did you keep yourself plugged into recovery kept going to meetings mm -hmm. and i basically just kept my service commitments within the home group mm -hmm. um because i was like this is the capacity in which i can show up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but what i will say is that everything i learned from being of service in recovery right everything that the predecessors taught me when i first got here i took that knowledge and applied it to the world outside i became yeah. you know board members on on you know for the baseball organization mm -hmm. um started volunteering and helping out with softball yeah um my oldest and my son also um did marching band mm -hmm. um my son's not going to do it next year just because he's got all this other stuff but I became vice president of that executive board, you know? So, like, still being of service. Yeah, mm -hmm. service Yeah, just yeah. Not, service work Just not in that bigger, visible... Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be strictly right. NA. And like, that's, that's, the other, that's the other piece that I think that, you know, like, we don't talk about enough. Yeah. yeah. Is that, you know... You're supposed to find a new way of life. That's what we're yeah. doing here. Yeah, like, and it's we bring these children into this world, and they are our responsibilities to yes. care for. And if we are constantly on the run, you know, putting our recovery first, which we should do, what does that look like? Especially to my kids, mm -hmm. they saw me ripping and running, right? So, what's the difference that when I come home and then I run right back out the door? Oh, uh -huh. going to a air quote meeting. How do they know the difference? Yeah, yep. right. And mm -hmm. it's like when we first get clean. Our significant others don't know the difference. Our kids don't know the difference. Our parents, family don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like you kind of have to find that, you know, I'm not saying that I should, we should like rewrite the way that it's always taught to us. But there's no one size. Do you understand what I'm there's saying? There's no one size. You have to find what works. Should, right. There yes. should be like a yeah. second, like, not a second, like, there has there to, be, to be like, like an after, like or you know, like yes. a different stage. Because you're not. 
I mean, you're not like two weeks clean the entire time. Right. Yes. You know, like, exactly. Because t- Eric, we've heard horror stories from Tim about how, like, at his 20 year anniversary, like, he had his kids come and they were like, we don't even know this guy. Yeah. They were yeah. like, he, well, he was, because he was doing seven meetings of just exactly what you were saying. He was basically hiding out in meetings yeah. for like 10 years of their life. And we were like, we didn't know any of this about yeah. you. Because like you were gone, my kids, my kids are my number one. Yeah, like and I like love- when I get like I'm like okay, July twelfth, mm-hmm. July twelfth, and they're like okay, all right, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like it's on their calendar. It's like a mm-hmm. thing that we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, like they're there. Yeah, and like I-, I love that you said that because yes, we have to get clean for ourselves, mm-hmm. but. I dude, I stay clean for my wife. I stay clean for my kid. I yeah. stay, I stay clean for my network. I like, I stay clean for a ton of my there sisters, are some days my nieces. When when my ex was still Absolutely. alive, the, my favorite saying used to be like, oh, "Some days are just for spite." Yeah, just to prove you wrong. <laughs> there are a fucking <laughs> you know what I mean? Every day <laughs> is a different right. is a different reason to stay clean. Right, I can and definitely stay clean off spite. Right. Oh, I have stayed clean off spite. I definitely. Definitely. Dude, oh, you can't do this. Watch me. Dude, right. my, yeah, my first couple of years, like, because when I was in jail, my oldest sister told my mom, she was like, fucking leave him in there. And I, like, I, for like the first couple of years, it, like, I understood what she was saying mm-hmm. and she was right, 100%. But, like, I, she, I, I just kept that mentality, which she, like, she doesn't think I can do this. She's like, I, I, I and I yep. know I can. But yeah, that's exactly right, is fantastic. Um, bu- 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 now, uh, I have one more question, uh, and you talked about it. Um, so it sort of came full circle where you were able to give softball to your daughter, mm-hmm. and when you didn't have get that opportunity, um, and how important are those amends to your kids? And if you, ha- how is that played out in your recovery? Um was super important because mm-hmm. it was a living amends, yeah. right? So it was showing up for them, mm-hmm. taking them to practice, washing their uniforms, mm-hmm. um, making sure, you know, showing up to the games. Yeah. Like I'm already trying to plot and figure out how I'm going to get to see, like how am I going to physically get to watch these field hockey games when, you know, my youngest daughter is in college. Like mm-hmm. they stream them, but it's not the same. Yeah. Like I want to go watch. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I always, I just never understood why. I mean, my parents, they just didn't know, right? They didn't know anything else. They didn't know, yeah. you it's know. It's a different generation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, when, when I had that opportunity to do that for them, and I was like, do you want to play? Mm hmm. And they were like, yeah. yeah it was a no-brainer. And there's something that a coach can teach the kids between those two white lines that a parent will never be able to teach. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like teamwork, sportsmanship, showing up, you know, being dependable, loyal. I mean, like all of those things, but in a sport level. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I mean, I think it's worked out pretty well. I mean, they mm-hmm. 
you know, it, it teaches also teaches respect. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to turn it over to Carly because yeah. she is a avid athlete. What are you turning over to me? How important was it for you? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I think sports probably saved my life, mm-hmm. um, and the coaches that I had had a lifelong impact. My teammates who became mm-hmm. like family. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I still talk to like my college teammates all the time mm-hmm. i was just up in jersey visiting one like we live all around the country but it's like nothing ever That's changes awesome. and if we need anything like we drop it and we're there mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's it was always whether it was college high school whatever it was always a second team like a second family mm-hmm. yeah and like on different terms so like again like i think i ally actually i think helped me when coming into the rooms, like helping me understand that mentality, like on a team, you all were different, but you all had that same end goal, right? Mm-hmm. So the like-minded th- reason why you're there. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly yeah. how the rooms are. Yeah. And like understanding it like that made so much more sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a one time when I had to use as use it as a um, disciplinary teachable moment for my son. Like he was hanging out, he was in middle school. <coughs> he was hanging out with this kid. He also lived in the neighborhood. They were both on the rec baseball team. Mm-hmm. The boy and my son. I'm not gonna say it was one or the other. Yeah. They were both there. Um, vandalized the boys' bathroom. Mm. Right? And what did, what got, did they do? Got the I don't I don't know. They were like taking the wooden pass and throwing it up in the drop ceiling tiles oh, and okay, like okay. flushing paper towels down, yeah. whatever. But the point is he got busted, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm a single mom. Yeah. So I called the coach and he ended up with Saturday school out of it. Mm-hmm. Just so happened that our game that particular Saturday was that afternoon. Mm-hmm. Saturday school was that morning. Yeah. I said, okay, so this is what I want to do. He's going to show up. He's going to be in full uniform. But he ain't playing. He's benched. Mm-hmm. And because this is what he did. And like, I need you to, I need you to back me up. And he was like, okay, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. Great. The other kid's dad was like one of the assistant coaches and was like, well, he's got an obligation to the team. I said, well, then he shouldn't have fucking vandalized the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sports is a privilege. Right. So, exactly. And um, so, coach put him to work. He was the pitch counter that day. Mm-hmm. So, afterwards, this this particular coach would take him out right field at the end of every game. You know, and they're out there on one knee. And I said, would you give Wyatt an opportunity to say? And he did. I didn't, it wasn't scripted. I didn't tell him what to say. Mm -hmm. Um, He just went out there and he said, look, guys, I'm sorry. I let you down today. I got in trouble. My mom benched me. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. He's like, I'm sorry. You know, and it won't happen again. I won't let it happen again. Mm -hmm. Well, this other kid had, you know, that it wasn't the same yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. you know what dynamic. I mean. Yep. I'm not saying that this was like the, the moment, but that other kid is like, you know, in the in the bad kid school. He's mm-hmm. Wyatt said he actually saw him at the carnival that the his fire department does, and mm-hmm. he was like, he was like, mom, he was like, you should have seen him. He was so wigged out, like he was so high. Your son is a volunteer fire firefighter. Okay, mm-hmm. he's just a good person. Yeah. Hey. yeah, my daughter wants to be police. Police, 
which is funny. Tradesman and a teacher. Fantastic. Right. Well, and then well, and then the fire department. Fire, yeah, yeah, fire department yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like they That's all awesome. want to be of service. That's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. Do you have a final question? No. All right. We'll it on that. All right. Well, we would like to thank our guest Mandy for joining us today. <laughs> Oh my! Good. <laughs> that is the most animated Eric has ever been. Um, fantastic. Oh wait, yes. I have a question. Yeah. Did you ever look it up if yeah. it was the Smoky Mountains? Uh, or the- okay, so what? Like these maps. Are weird, <laughs> Thank you, Mandy. Right? So, from what I'm looking at on Google, uh, it's only showing me as far as mountain ranges go. We have the Sierra Nevadas, we have Appalachia, and then we also have the Rockies, and that Blue Ridge is part. It's the part oh, of the Appalachian. Yeah, Smoky is kind of like, are those even fucking mountain? Like, what is that? Because they, they're I mean, part of the Appalachian. Question well. their mountainhood. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, seriously though, they're not represented on these uh, maps. Well, the Smokies know. and the Blue Ridge are both part of the Appalachians. I mean, I are know, they so are the Catskills. You know, or are they just hills? You know, like I mean, is there a point where they're the oldest mountains on Earth? They've gone through some shit, man. I'm a little hurt right they're now that you're going down. to Smokies like this. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm looking at these maps. I don't see mountains. Maybe they're just hills. I'm leaving. I will snuck you. I'm out. <laughs> Dude, I love the Smoky Mountains. Tennessee Do is, you? Yes, Tennessee is hella underrated. It's gorgeous. It's a great city. Gorgeous. All right. Well, um, Mandy, we'd like to give you one quick minute. Talk to anybody out there who's listening, needs to hear a message of hope, what you have to say to them. Um, just keep coming back. Yeah. Just Come keep on. just keep coming back. Yep. Simple. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Short and sweet. All right. Well, oh, oh, hold on. So they, like the Adirondacks are like part of the Appalachians. <laughs> like, yes, really the Adirondacks, the Catskills, the We can have this Blue conversation Ridge. when yes, we're done. This, this is yeah. an outside issue right now. I mean, yeah, but hmm, sure, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us once again here at Podcast Recovery. We are aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed, who believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Check out all our social media, um, Instagram, Twitter, (laughs) Facebook. Shut up, Eric. Um, for more information about us, go to podcastrecovery.com. Click on the little three bars up at the top, drop down, hit media. There you can go. Spotify, Buzzsprout, iTunes, <laughs> Apple Podcast. I'm getting deep on this one. That's yeah. good. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Please join our Patreon. We need help keeping the mics on because we are self-supporting. But absolutely, Carly, help me out. What is the most important thing? Stay safe and stay clean.